Good morning. Happy weekend after Christmas. Um, so I'm Cassie Richardson. If I haven't met you, it's nice to see you all here. Um, and just total sidebar, I don't often get to sit out here. I normally lead the music, so I don't often get to sit out here and listen to worship. So I wasn't even singing. I was just listening to you all. It just beautiful chills. So thank you for participating in worship this morning. So the holidays are an appropriate, if not extremely obvious time to talk about the spirit of giving and goodwill. Christmas time stirs up feelings of generosity for many, which is why charities and nonprofit organizations seem to see a huge increase in volunteers this time of year. Something happens around the holiday season which motivates humanity to be more generous. We're all inspired to help. Heartwarming videos start circulating on social media. Feel-good commercials sort of punctuate the poignant Hallmark movies. And songs about peace and goodwill to all fill the coffee shops and department stores. Every year as the holiday season approaches, I start to wonder what it is that makes us as a society appear generally more giving, selfless, and kind than during other times of the year. Even if we don't celebrate Christmas, there is that almost tangible holiday spirit that happens that conveys connectedness to family, to strangers, and to God, or mystical or magical experiences. No one seems to be able to pinpoint why this happens. There's some evidence to suggest that physical warmth and emotional warmth are closely related and may be regulated by the same area of the brain. So a physically warm stimulus, like sitting by a fireplace, wrapping up in a warm blanket, drinking a mug of hot chocolate, or enjoying a bowl of hot soup, can contribute to feelings of emotional warmth, like social connection and altruism. So maybe as the weather cools and we layer up under warm blankets and wool hats, our hearts warm up as well. But regardless of the reason for the season, we do know that our brains release happy hormones when we connect with and help other people. So we really are wired to be kind to one another, and our bodies reward us with good feelings when we are. Last year at Blue Ocean, we started the tradition on this Sunday after Christmas of St. Nicholas Sunday. And I'm so happy to be able to continue that tradition today. When I was a child, my parents always read the story of St. Nicholas to me and my siblings on Christmas Eve so that we would understand that Christmas wasn't about receiving gifts, but about sharing what we had with those who were less fortunate than we were. There are many stories about St. Nicholas, and historians have varied opinions on the historical accuracy of those stories. Because, number one, he lived so long ago during a very unstable time in Roman history. And number two, the earliest accounts of his life weren't written down until several hundred years after his death. But historical accuracy doesn't necessarily mean we can't be inspired by or motivated by a story. And for some reason, even though St. Nicholas wasn't the only person in history to help other people, his legacy in particular has inspired and informed many of our Christmas traditions even today. When we talk about kindness, generosity, and connectedness during the holidays, St. Nicholas, in one form or another, can be found at the heart of it. And so, without further ado, I'd like to share with you one of the many stories of St. Nicholas. Nicholas loved God and he loved people. And he expressed that love by helping those around him in his community with the resources that he had available to him. Because he loved people so fiercely, boldly, and selflessly, he was also greatly loved in return by those whose lives he impacted. 
Nicholas was born an only child to very wealthy parents in Patara, Lycia, which is located on the southern coast of what is now known as present-day Turkey, around the year 280. Nicholas's parents are said to have been generous with their money and their time, and they raised Nicholas to follow Jesus and to do the same. When Nicholas was a young teenager, his parents were helping victims of an epidemic. They themselves ended up contracting this illness, and they died when Nicholas was only about 16 years old. Nicholas decided to take all the money that his parents had left him and use it to help the poor. And in fact, Nicholas did use his entire inheritance to do just that. He soon gained a reputation as being someone who helped those who were less fortunate, those who were suffering, and those who were in need. One of those families that Nicholas helped was a man and his three daughters who lived in Myra, where Nicholas also lived. As the story goes, this family was incredibly poor, so much so that the father could not afford to take care of his three daughters any longer. Now, when Nicholas heard of this man's plight he learned that the, and learned that the family would be separated, if no one helped them, he decided to step in and do something about it. Nicholas filled a small bag with money, and one night when everything was dark and quiet, he tiptoed to the man's house, and he slipped the bag of money in through the window so he wouldn't be found out. Legend says that when he tossed the bag of money in through the window, it landed in one of the girl's stockings, which was hanging by the fire to dry. The next morning, the father found the money, and he was overjoyed, but he was also perplexed about where it had come from. The father also knew that that wasn't going to be enough money to take care of all three of his daughters, but Nicholas knew that. The family went to bed again that night, and Nicholas returned a second time, tossing a second bag of money in through the open window and into a stocking hanging by the fire. Again, the next morning, the man was elated, but also confused. And this time, he decided he was going to stay awake that night to see if he could find out where the money had come from. So, late that night, when everything was dark and quiet, the man locked the window, hid, and kept watch. Nicholas returned with a third sack of money, and this time, upon finding the window locked, Nicholas climbed onto the roof and dropped the bag down the chimney. Because the father was hiding, Nicholas didn't know that he had seen Nicholas's act of kindness, but he did, in fact, see that Nicholas was the one who had been helping his family. Despite Nicholas trying to keep this good deed a secret, the overjoyed father, of course, told everyone he knew about Nicholas's generosity. And word spread quickly about this kind, generous Nicholas of Myra who gave his gifts in secret. For over a thousand years, hundreds of other stories have been told about the many ways that Nicholas helped people. Some of these stories are probably true, and some have probably been embellished and become legend or folklore over the years after many tellings and retellings. And there are many versions of each of these stories, including the one I just told. But all of these stories, whether fact or fiction, help shape this figure who influences many of our traditions at Christmas time and who inspires us to give our time and our treasures to those who are less fortunate than we are. It is interesting to note that Nicholas's ability to give to the degree that he gave was born out of tragedy through the loss of his parents. His parents modeled generosity and selflessness, so that undoubtedly shaped Nicholas's perspective from the time he was a very young child. 
When his parents died, the money they left for him allowed him to continue carrying on their legacy. He didn't let that hard, painful thing that happened to him change who he was or what he knew was the right thing to do. Here is a young person whose life was drastically altered by losing both parents, and yet he remained so steadfast in devotion to God in the midst of his own personal trauma. Nicholas continued to follow Jesus, giving what he had so that other people would not only have what they needed, but so that they would also feel loved and cared for. And his deeds were done in secret, which makes me wonder if the love that Nicholas wanted them to feel wasn't his love, but the love of God. He wasn't doing it for the likes and follows on social media. He was doing it because it was the right thing to do. I also appreciate that Nicholas, like many here today, was a young person when he started helping people. He didn't wait to grow up before making a difference in the world. He looked for opportunities to help, and he actually helped. Nicholas didn't let his age deter him or keep him from doing what he knew in his heart was what God wanted him to do. We don't all have an inheritance like his to give away, but we do have our time and our talents, and most importantly, we have opportunities every day to quietly help those around us who are suffering or who are simply having a bad day, expecting nothing in return. Last year, I asked everyone to consider doing acts of kindness in honor of St. Nicholas. This year, I want to do the same thing. I'd like to go into the new decade with generous hearts, just as a church. Being generous and kind doesn't require money. It just requires being in the present moment so we're opening to what's happening around us. I often will get wrapped up in the stress or busyness of my own day, and I forget to look around me for opportunities to help other people. But when I slow down, pay attention, and center myself in the present moment, those chances always seem to present themselves. And then it's up to me to say yes or no to those opportunities to be a part of the connectedness of humanity through the Spirit of God. One of my favorite concepts in the Bible is the year of canceling debts, where every seven years the economy would essentially reset and all debts would be canceled so everyone could get a fresh start. Deuteronomy 15, 10 and 11 says of this tradition, give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. I personally generally don't make New Year's resolutions because they're really hard for me to keep, but a new decade is beginning in a few days, and I think it would be amazing to kick it off with a resolve and focus to be an open-handed, generous, good deed doer. In case you want to join me, I compiled a list of free acts of kindness in case you don't have bags of gold sitting around waiting to just throw through people's windows. So here are a few ideas to get us started. If you have a positive experience at a restaurant or store, you can ask to speak to the manager and compliment the employee who helped you. Double your dinner recipe one night and take it to a neighbor or a friend who's having a rough week. Don't ask, tell them you're going to do it. Offer to take a friend's kids for the evening so they can have some quiet time. Put encouraging sticky notes on your coworker's desk or computer, or you kids can put encouraging sticky notes on your friend's lockers or on their desks at school. Return someone's shopping cart, even if it means that you go out of your way a little bit to do so. You can leave a note on someone's car telling them you appreciate their bumper sticker or their parking job, if it's a good one. Learn the names of the people around you and use them. Neighbors, 
the crossing guard, custodians, the person who bags your groceries, homeless folks, security guards, and the IT people who fix the stuff you mess up at work. This one's for the kids. You can sit with people who are sitting alone at lunch or play with the kids at recess who don't have anyone else to play with. You can put body positive notes in pockets of clothes at the mall. Drop a few coins on the sidewalk for someone to find. Maybe around a playground. Kids love to find money. Offer to take a picture of a group of people who are trying to take a selfie. The arm's not quite long enough. You can help. And you can email a teacher who impacted your life in a positive way. This is a very short list to get us all started. And of course, the internet is amazing and can give you some great ideas. But you can also be inspired in the moment just by being aware of what's going on around you and looking for needs that are happening at any given time. In the spirit of St. Nicholas, who loved Jesus and followed his teachings in actual practice, let's kick off the next decade with acts of kindness in our neighborhoods, schools, and places of work throughout the year. Let's look and listen for opportunities to help each other. Let's default to compassion over frustration and slowing down over hustle and bustle. Let's keep our hearts warm so we can warm the hearts of others. I'd like to close with a quick adult and, fr and kid-friendly meditation, because I know there's some kids in here today, and they usually leave before we get to this part of the service where we have a little meditation. So meditation is just a form of prayer that helps focus us in the present moment. So if you'd like to participate, you can feel free to close your eyes and get comfortable in your seat, and I'll just walk us through what we're going to do. Let's take a couple of deep breaths. And now as you breathe in, I want you to feel gratitude or thankfulness for something in your life that you feel grateful for. It could be a happy memory or a person or a pet that you love or anything that makes you feel safe or happy in your heart. If you think of more than one thing, that's great. There's no such thing as feeling too grateful. And once you think about that thing that makes you feel grateful, really focus on that feeling, the emotion of gratitude, and what that feels like for you as you continue to breathe. Do you feel peaceful? Do you feel warm? Do you feel happy? What emotion do you feel? Really focus on that. Now, as you breathe, when you breathe out, imagine breathing out that emotion that you feel, the warm feeling of gratitude and thankfulness into the world. If gratitude makes you feel peaceful, breathe out that peace. If it makes you feel happy, breathe out happiness. If it makes you feel warm, breathe out warmth. Whatever that feeling is, breathe it out into the world. Continue to breathe and focus on sending that love out into the world. And if someone comes to mind, you can hold them in your mind and imagine sending that warmth their way. We'll continue for just another minute.
Jesus, thank you for giving us bodies and spirits that are wired to help each other. Show us how to slow down our lives to notice people who might need our help or just a little extra love and give us the courage to be generous with our time and the resources that we have. Amen.